Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gotta keep climbing, man. Sky's the limit. I've tried not to ever be too high or low. That we're not just hungry for it, but we're starving for it. The do every day. Keep the main thing the main thing. No man is an island. You, you gotta draw your strength from others. You know that's a day-by-day thing. And enough is never enough. I had a purpose before everybody had an opinion. Just a few of the quotes tweeted yesterday Man. by the Philadelphia Eagles. Is he a coach's Remember son or is he a coach's son? <laughs> that they got it done. They showed everyone, yeah. including the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, what it takes to get a deal done with a franchise quarterback. Good morning. It's PFT Live. Peacock, Sirius XM85, Sky Sports Action, if we happen to be on. If not, we're not. Sorry. Ain't a damn thing we can do about it. Ain't a damn thing I'm going to try to do about it. Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's Tuesday, April the 18th. We got a lot to get to today, but that doesn't mean we're not going to piss away the first 10 minutes of the show. Thank you. Thank you. that's become kind of our unofficial trademark. That's our calling card. many unofficial topics I want to get to. First thing I want to do say is this, and I'm going to do this with the very best attempt at not becoming verklempt. My mother's birthday is today. She'd have been 89 today. Now, Look, as we get deeper and deeper into what her life cycle would have been, it's harder for me to feel cheated because she died at 61, not much older than I am now. Yeah, that's that's young. 28 years ago. So uh, but still, still a neat story. Well, I may be the only one who thinks it's neat, so I'm going to tell it. The rest of you will decide whether or not it's neat. Starting with Chris, the primary filter, since he's the (laughs) only one who can interact with me as I say this. Last night after I worked out, I came into the kitchen and I saw this book that I hadn't seen in years, if ever. And it's like, I, I, like there's handwriting, cursive. It's like, what is this? And I look closer and I don't know where my wife had found them, but they were all the recipes my mom gave us oh, when we got married. Wow. Her handwriting. Yeah. From, you know, early 90s. Right. And, and it's like, you know, her birthday's tomorrow. And it was just one of those. And yeah. I'm not big into the whole. Uh, hey, there's signs. There's signs. She's still watching, man. Stuff she's just still watching. Happens. Stop. 
Don't start me. Don't start me down that path, you bastard. That's all right, Verklempt, Uh, man. It's okay. Okay. You're supposed to get that. All good. All good. Don't worry. All right, but that's cool. Hey, little signs, signals. It is funny how the universe lines up that way, right? Just like last week, we talk about hawks, and then all of a sudden, you know, our whole group of friends and everybody, hawks are everywhere. (laughs) I don't know. I know it's not exactly the same, but the universe lines up is all I'm saying at times. And, uh, all right, well, happy birthday to Mama Florio. I think that whole – Hawk thing was more evidence that maybe my theory that there is no hell is incorrect. With the whole <laughs> infestation of hawks in our lives. Maybe. All boom, 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 one day after another. I haven't seen that hawk, by the way, since the, the day that I looked out. Maybe it, like somebody said it may have been a squirrel nest. I think you said it, that right. that hawk was just deciding to raid, possibly yeah. to take a squirrel away. Exactly. So that nest is still there, but I've been looking for the hawk, and I haven't seen the hawk. Anyway, uh, that was item number one. So, uh, um all right. I'm, that's that, that's, that's, that's probably cool. the only thing I'm going to get to today. All right. Well, I you like the something? new hoodie. I like the new hoodie. Let's just say that. I mean, I've never seen you break this out. This looks like it's new. It's fresh out of the box. So I'm impressed. It's with not. That. It's just clean. Okay. It's fresh, out, it's fresh out of the laundry. All right. That's cool. That's good. I like it. Either way, it's a little little versatility in the in the, uh, in the wardrobe there. I am down with that. As far as my life, no. I don't have much going on. I'll tell you, here's one cool thing that happened to me this weekend. Totally, um, you know, I don't know if you'll care. You'll be the judge, and our viewers will be the judge, like you said. My, we have our horses, right? We have our trail horses, right? So, and, and the cool thing about where we live is there's our little farm, and then right out the back gate of our farm, my, my daughter who rides a lot and my wife, they can go out there and ride on the Greenwich Trails. Well, you know, we have trail horses. They're nothing special. But last on Friday... George, our one horse, we call him George, okay, he was laying down on the ground in the middle of the paddock, and I was like, oh, that's cute. Let me see. You know, there's a there's this thing like if a horse trusts you, if he lets you approach him while he's laying down and sitting down, that's how you know he he's totally comfortable with you. And that happened to me this weekend, which was kind of cool. He's laying down, hanging out. He let me come over and pet him like a dog and do all that, so... I thought I'd share that story with you. I thought that was kind of a cool thing that happened to me this weekend. I wasn't quite sure where that was, where it was go going when you said George was laying down. Yeah, like like all of a sudden George started giving birth to a, <laughs> no, a yeah. little horse. George maybe wasn't we dying or anything George, like that. George. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Or or like you got kicked, you got kicked by George as no, you walked over. The or good happy something. story. Kicked in the spleen. I don't know, but yeah, I thought I thought it could go a bunch of different ways. So. George, uh, the horse, down on the ground, trusting you. Trusting George. George, <laughs> yeah. George, you are so mistaken. George, if you're listening, you're trusting the wrong person. I've got the hoodie on because we still have issues with the whole... Oh, you're still freezing your butt off up there. Handler. Yeah, right, right. Well, and it depends on, on the, the weather. Right. Yesterday, yesterday, I was baked potato up here, so I had to go with the polo shirt today. It got cold last night. It's cold up here. It's not as cold as I thought. It was kind of Russian roulette for me this morning because it's like, I think it's going to be cold up there. It's not as cold as I thought, or maybe it's just because I got this hoodie on. So, And it's not new. I've just never worn it before. It is clean. I like it. And we are here. I, You know, I, I can tell you're not somebody who pays quarterly taxes because you would have mentioned that it's tax day. You're the guy who gets his taxes taken out of his paycheck and doesn't have to write checks four times a year. Anybody that owns or operates a business knows that four times per year. Yes. And then 
the April one's usually bigger because you got to make up right. if the numbers were lower. Yeah, a little off or whatever. Good news, although it's bad news. The good news is bad news. Hey, you don't have to pay as much for April 15 because you didn't make as much last year as you were expected to make. So that's kind of like, hey, that's good. I don't have to pay, but wait a minute. Wait, wait, I didn't make as bad. much and as I thought. I, right, yeah. I, I resolved myself to that years ago. If you're paying a lot of taxes, it's a good thing. Pay your fair share. Don't play games. I agree. Don't be one of those people that comes up with all these fancy little tricks to cheat the government. It's the price of living here, and don't start me down the path of what the reward for living here is currently. But but still, we're here. We have to have public services. It's not up to us to properly spend the money. We pay our fair share. And I try not to complain about it too much. I'm with you. Today is tax day. I don't know why it wasn't yesterday. Right. Because usually when the 15th is on a weekend, it spills over to Monday. I don't yeah. know why it's the 18th. But today's the day to settle up with the government. And if you pay quarterly taxes, make sure you pay your first quarter estimates. I think today. I'm on quarterly, though, just so you know. I think I am. I, I'm pretty sure we got all that handled kind of last week. And when I say we, I mean my wife, who's really kind of in charge with that, with, with you know, the our – but Are, you get a salary. You're I, not a contractor. You're an employee. You know, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. But I'm a, I am an independent contractor, right? I'm a corporation of myself because I'm, you know, my, an own private entity. So I am that way. So I do believe I am paying taxes well, well, somehow. I'm an S-corp if I uh, have that right correctly. Whoa, whoa. So your checks from NBC don't have taxes withheld? Is that what you're telling me? Mm, I don't think they do, but I'm not 100% sure about that. I'm oh. pretty sure they are not. Oh, I'm right. going to have to. Right. Yeah, to talk gonna to, to, to people. I'm going to have to go back and <laughs> revisit because they take taxes out of mine. If we know, yeah, if you're not here tomorrow, to. we know why. Mike's holding out. He wants that Jalen Hurts money. I've got, <laughs> well, I've got a combination of business and, you know, my deal with NBC is complicated because PFT is involved and I'm involved. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on salary. I get, as Michael Scott said, I don't get paid by the hour. I get paid by the year. So uh, anyway, um, have to look into that. If there's a, pet, a tax benefit to be had, and again, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. And I always yeah. tell, I always tell my accountant, if there's a fork in the road, always take the one that results in me paying more tax. And it's like why? Because I, I want to be able to say, if it ever hits the fan, if something ever happens, if there's ever a mistake, I want to be able to say, look back at every year. Yeah. I've never tried to do anything right. to play games. I've never tried to to go a certain way or try to get some stupid-ass deduction or whatever. I'm not trying to pay less. I'm trying to pay more so no one can ever say I haven't paid enough. I've always paid my fair share and then some. And I got more than enough to live on, and and uh, I didn't even have to pay for this hoodie. You get free clothes, right, sometimes. Yeah, the rich get richer. That's right. That's what happens. Although, although I, didn't declare, I didn't declare this hoodie as income. IRS. So if you want to come get me over this hoodie, so <laughs> okay. be it. It was a gift. It All right. A gift. All right. Uh, let's get to it. Jalen Hurts can buy more than a few hoodies today. Yeah. That was the news that came out of the blue yesterday. And it wasn't even one that we were paying attention to. It's, just, it's a testament to the ability of a team and an agent and a player to put their heads together, exchange proposals, work it out respectfully, discreetly, and quietly. And boom, it's just done. And the initial word, it wasn't even leaked. No. I I'm sure there were some pissed-off information robots yesterday who were short-circuiting at the idea that Howie Roseman didn't give anybody a heads-up that the Jalen Hurts deal was done, and it was just announced. 
Now, the numbers came afterward, leaked to multiple, more than multiple reporters, but they kept it quiet. And it's one we should have been watching because start of the offseason program they said is it. the perfect time yeah. to extend a quarterback. That's, that, that's the Russell Wilson deadline that he imposed a few years ago when he got his last deal from the Seahawks. And I think it was also the same deadline he imposed when he got his first deal from the Seahawks after three seasons. And Jalen Hurts had extra leverage because he wasn't a first-round pick. Right. There was no fifth-year option to be exercised. Right. In his fourth year, it was his contract year. So this was it. This was the time to do it. They came together, and they got it done. Now, no. I'm still waiting for the official numbers. We'll delve into the nooks and the crannies of the contract to figure out what it's really worth when the Eagles could walk away if Jalen Hurts for some reason regresses. But on the surface, it's a damn good deal. On the surface, in terms of new money, we'll talk about that in a second, but new money, richest contract in league history at $51 million per year in new money. So uh, great APY, as they call it, average per year, and a lot of money at, uh, guaranteed. We don't have all the details yet, signing bonus, full guarantee at signing, et cetera. But for a guy who a year ago we never would have dreamed would be in this stratosphere, Chris, right. it just shows you what establishing yourself as a franchise quarterback and taking a team to a Super Bowl can do for a guy, and it did a lot for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he that, deserves every penny of it. That's right. I mean, you know, all the things you just said there, and then I think when you add on top of weight, you know, off the field, in front of the podium, in the locker room, he's everything you want, right? You said it right, too. I think it's a great time to get it done because it just jumpstarts everybody into the 2023 season. You know, he walks in the locker room and OTAs or workouts today and the whole locker room gets excited around him. And, you know, there's a lot of talk and chatter and your leader's happy. And if your leader's happy, yeah, usually the rest of the locker room and the team's happy. So it's a great job. And yeah, would never have imagined this. But all the things you said, the play on the field, the way he acts, the personality, the maturity, the leadership. And then you add that together with really, I mean... As you're kind of alluding to here, one of the most uh, top-notch organizations in football. They don't mess around. Wow, we got a good thing. We got a great team. You know, we believe in this guy. We're going to get it done and go. And we're not going to make this an off-season conversation or have it be a distraction. We got everything going in the right direction right now. So we're not going to let anything slow down the momentum of this football team. And that's where I love it. They know the way they want to play. They know him. They know they want him to lead their football team, and that's where I love the Eagles and their no-nonsense you know, attitude we've seen really over the last five, six, seven years to just make things happen, and more times than not, they do it the right way. One of the realities of these kinds of deals, too, yeah, is the difference between new money and total value with signing. Right. And that becomes important if we're going to compare the Jalen Hurts contract to Lamar Jackson. Right. And my first thought when I saw that the deal was done. Yeah. Okay. Once we see the full details, I want to look at that deal and I want to ask the objective unbiased question between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Should one side or the other want to do that deal if they could? Is there a chance both would want to do that deal? Is there a chance neither would want to do that deal? So the full deal becomes relevant, even though among the agents, because the number is always higher and it right. always makes them look better, new money is what we talk about. $51 yeah. million per year. Highest paid player in league history. But 
There's an asterisk. There's the rest of the story. It's a six-year contract. It's not a five-year contract. And we call these things extensions. They are not extensions. The old contract gets ripped up. It gets replaced by a new contract. Jalen Hurts has signed a six-year contract with the Eagles. What was left of his last contract is gone. Now, via the CBA, given his achievements, his fourth-year salary had been bumped to over $4 million. About 4.2 is what he was due to make this year already. So let's just call it five. Let's just make it simple. Sure. So if you call it five, the five-year, $255 million extension becomes six years, 260. That's what he's committed to. Six years, 260. You do the math, it's 43.3 million. Again, nothing to sneeze at, but not 51. And this is why the agent community likes to focus on new money and the teams let them do it. Player needs to feel good about the deal. Agent needs to feel good about the deal. 51 million per year. But it's technically... Not even technically, it's actually $43.3 million on a six-year commitment. Six years, that's a long commitment yes, at $43 million, 43.3. So, so I, I say that because I get the feeling that when I see all the numbers, yeah. and I've heard little bits and pieces. Yeah, Somebody right. texted me yesterday, hey, it may only be $105 million over the first three years, and then the Eagles can walk away without any further commitment. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I appreciate you passing it along, but I always want to get my eyes on the full details and do my own breakdown. But just six years, 43.3. is amazing. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm probably – for uh, Jalen Hurts, it's great. But yeah. if I'm Lamar Jackson, am I making that commitment? Six years, 43.3? No, no. And I it's would say it's amazing for the Eagles, too. signing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, because well, if Hurts keeps playing really well. Right. Because we get to year four, five, six, 43-3 is going to look like a bargain. And that's the other side of here. When you do anything longer than a four-year deal, you are running the risk that you're going to get to the point where you've outplayed your contract or the market has surpassed where your current level of play is, and you're getting screwed. And you're taking the leap of faith. They're going to make it right. Right. They're going to do right by you. And that, that's, that's a risk. That's a risk. Howie Roseman may not be there. Nick Sirianni may not be there. Right. Jeffrey Lurie may not be there. You're signing yourself onto a contract and a commitment that is open-ended, that holds you in place for six years, and if you find out at some point you're not getting paid what you think you should be getting paid, Chris, you're, you're stuck with that commitment that you made. Yeah, yeah, you, you are, you are, but you know that's a, that's a you know a something that as a player you deal with when that time comes. For right now, you know you're happy for with what you got, what you've accomplished, right? You know, I think Jalen Hurts is a guy that's is as team guy as you're ever gonna see in your life. Uh, he, I think he was probably not looking to go just like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. He wasn't looking to like, okay, wait, hey, yeah, this is nice. Everybody can put out there the five year two fifty and it makes it look good. But he knew in actuality, sure, this is good for the football team. I mean, it is like you said. I mean, you know, two years from now, maybe by the end of this off season, this contract is gonna look like oh. Well, it's not that big when you add in that 60-year part of this whole conversation, but they're sold on it. And he's sold on what they got working there in Philadelphia right now, and I think he knows too, hey, the support system I got around me, that's only going to lend me to 
you know, playing better and maybe seeing that second contract, you know, uh, five, four years from now, whenever it may be. But, you know, either way, I think it's a, it's a win-win for both, both, right? I mean, the Eagles, when you add in that six-year conversation where I was trying to explain to somebody this yesterday a little bit, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's a big time. 43-5, you know, that's, that's not a bad number. For, for right now, 2023. The Eagles got to be happy with that. And then exactly like what you said to start the show, Jalen Hurts, come on. Before the year, did we think that this kind of contract was going to really happen? I certainly was skeptical. Here we are. So I think it's win-win for both. And that's the, that's the positive. But you're right. That's a real aspect down the road. But they'll deal with that when that time comes. And one of the realities yeah. of a negotiation like this, there's a trade-off as to what's important to the player, to the agent, to the team. Right. And the ability to be the highest paid player under yeah. the new money analysis in right. league history must have been important to somebody right. in this equation. Right. And if the trade-off is the Eagles could get out of this after three years and $105 million and walk away, if that's true, again, I'm going to defer to the final and official numbers. But that that's where the balance comes in. I heard when they did the Patrick Mahomes extension that Lee Steinberg wanted to be the first guy to do a half-billion-dollar deal. That was important. We talked about it yeah, at the time. Yeah, sure. Because it was a bad deal for Patrick Mahomes. Right. Patrick Mahomes getting screwed right now. Patrick Mahomes deserves a new contract right now. The Chiefs should give it to him right now. And they benefit from the fact that Patrick Mahomes is not wired to go banging on doors at the team headquarters from Brett Veach to Andy Reid to Clark Hunt to anyone else saying – you guys are screwing me right now. I'm yeah. getting screwed. Right. I'm getting ripped off by this contract. Look at my contract. Look at these other contracts. I am getting screwed. He's not wired to do that. Nope. But he's Steinberg, down there in Texas throwing football. Went <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Steinberg, as the thinking went, just wanted to be able to say, "I got the first half billion dollar deal." Doesn't matter if my guy isn't getting paid the way he should be getting paid comparable to others. And there he is already at number five if we look at new money. And he would be number six once we put Jalen Hurts on there right. at number one, the new number one uh, at $51 million per year in new money. Those numbers are all new money. And that's where it becomes a little bit clunky. When a quarterback signs a contract with no existing years, see, whatever Lamar Jackson does – New money yeah. and current money are it's the same. When Dak Prescott did his deal Daniel with the Cowboys, Jones. he didn't have an existing contract. Right. Forty million. Boom. Yeah. That's the number. That's the real number. That's the literally take it to the bank right. number. Daniel so Jones just got that. Confusion. Right. And, I, and and look, I'm telling you, it's funny because whenever I argue for Lamar Jackson to have an agent, everybody's like, Oh, you're just trying to help the agents. You're pro agent. You're pro agent. Hey, folks, I, I can I can share with you some of the communications I've received over the years, whenever I dare mention that new money is hocus-pocus bullcrap, that old money, total money, total value at signing is all that matters. This new money thing is just a PR tool it's to just make PR. the agents look better. Yeah. That's it. Propaganda. That's it. That's right. It makes the agents look better. I represent the highest paid player at my position, at my player's position. I've got the high watermark. I did this. I did that. And it doesn't matter who the agent is. They all do it. They all want to do it. it. It's baked into the industry, except when Lee Steinberg was motivated to get a half billion for Patrick Mahomes. But still, even then, $45 million per year in new money, 
was the high watermark. Right. But we knew at the time this guy was committing for over a decade. This contract is not going to look good in a fairly short amount of time. And here we already are, three years removed from it. And it, it's just it's he's, he's getting screwed. He's getting screwed. And the Chiefs benefit from the fact that Patrick Mahomes isn't wired to do anything about it. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right about that. He's he's one of those guys. It's 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 a little bit like Tom Brady was that way, right? I, I think it's it's Josh Allen's that way. You know, I, I think they look at it at the end of the day, and I know we've laughed about this and had this conversation, but they look at it and go, okay, so what if I retire at the end of the day and I have $290 million in the bank instead of $320 million in the bank? You know, they're still getting whatever they want. You know, maybe they have to take off the diamond-encrusted toilet off their wish list. But other than that, they'll be okay. You know, so I think that's how they look at it. And I don't know. You know no, I, 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 I don't think that I don't, matters. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that I would uh, go. It's uh, Number one, it sounds painful. Yeah, it could be a little two, chafage there. It probably, <laughs> it probably would be hard to clean under certain specific circumstances preceded by certain types of illnesses that could that could cause it, you know. All right. All right. I Thank you. Thank you. Bed. Thank you, Dr. Smooth. Doom, for bringing us down that alley there. Thank you very Smooth. much. Yeah. But just uh, diamond encrusted toilet. You're I the one know. that threw that I out. I know. There. Well, you know, I meant on the Why edges. Don't we take not a like, crap on broken no, I glass. I meant like on the edges, not on like the actual right. there. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I just think, yes, you're right. That's the way they're wired. I think that's the way Jalen Hurts is wired. <laughs> I think that's why they got to this contract, Mike. It does a little bit of both. It, it appeals or appeases the agent. It appeals and appeases Jalen Hurts and, you know, his his ego just a little bit within the reality of like, hey, this is good for the team because we'll talk about the new money, but there's really a sixth year here and it's only $5 million and, you know, your number's only $43 million. And obviously that was okay, but you're right. I mean, you know, that, that's the way these guys are. A lot of the quarterbacks are like that. And it's like you've always talked about. It's one of the bad things about, you know, football in general. What do the owners do to the football players who love football? They use that against them to lower the money and whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just part of the situation. But either way, it's, it's a huge payday. Mahomes, I don't think he gives two craps because Mahomes, the two, Mike, is at a point now where he's just like, Oh wait, you want me to do a commercial? Yeah, five million. Oh, do you want me to do that? Yeah, five, ten million, twelve. He can. Do, he's gotten to the point where he can just make whatever he wants. But um, yeah, well, his contract's outdated. Regardless, you're right. And and the Chiefs are spending wisely to put a team around him yes, that continues are. to be highly competitive. Right. If I'm Josh Allen, and I'm in a team friendly deal, I'm saying to somebody, "What the hell are you doing with all the money I left behind?" Yeah. Right. What are you doing with it? Right. right. Where's where, where, where's the beef? Right. 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 Where 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 is it? Why why do I not have the help that I need? Why is this an annual issue that I don't have the people around me necessary? Because it's not like I'm taking up this gigantic chunk of the salary cap. I wasn't a pig at the trough. I left some money behind. Why aren't you spending it on some of these other players? So I think that's the key. And that was Brady's willingness. It flowed from an yeah. understanding that they would indeed spend right. all the way to the cap and take advantage of the excess that was there because Brady wasn't being a pick at the trough. But, hey, look, I I, I can get behind being a pick at the trough because, no, I hear you, one, Mike. you're the star of the team. Yep. It's why people are tuning in. Right. You're taking the risk. These are the prime earning years of your life. You yep. never know how long it's going to last. Get what you can while you can. And owners benefit from the fact that there's this competitive streak 
and guys are competing for championships, competing for Hall of Fame, competing for legacy. That's and right. that gets them to go easy on the oligarchs who otherwise don't have to figure out how they're going to run their football team because they have to pay their best player every penny of what their best player is worth. So Clark Hunt benefits tremendously from having the best player in football and having him wired in a way that he doesn't demand what he deserves. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm no. just stating fact. No, if I hear you. My son, if Patrick Holmes was my son, yeah. I'd be saying, hey, Pat, you're getting screwed here, buddy. We right. Do something about this. Right. No. Yeah. After Super Bowl 57, I said, man, first order of business in the offseason, get this guy taken care of contractually because he's the best player in the game and he needs to pay, be paid more than he is. Yeah. No, I, 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 I hear you there. I mean, he, he's special. He is. But this is, a, it's a group of, this is a, they're gym rats. And they just are not going to worry about, you know, that to the extent. But you're right. I mean, I'm the same way. It's cool they do that. That's cool. But I, I'm also with you in the fact that, hey, I, I want Lamar Jackson to get every penny he wants to, you know, within reason. I mean, again, you know, you're asking for $300 million guaranteed. I go, well, okay, well, I don't know. That's not going to get done. Sorry. But, yeah, I'm all for trying to get every penny in, in, in that you can. But I also support these guys that go, you know what? I'm going to leave a little at the table here for the rest of the football team and think about my all-time legacy and the support system I have around me, and I can respect that too, certainly. So that's what we got going on here, and that's what I expected from Jalen Hurts, really, when it all came out and said and done. When I saw the first number, I went, whoa, he broke the bank. And then I you know, figured out, like, you're talking the six-year thing, and I went, oh, it actually is pretty friendly to the team as well, so it works. The best example I can give you for the Lamar Jackson situation, because it still continues to be very controversial. I mean, if I have a car that I'm trying to sell, and let's say just a round number, I want $50,000 for the car. Yeah. I want 50000 That's what I want for the car. And everybody who comes and looks at it, everybody who drives it, everybody who looks under the hood, checks out the tires, looks at the what, whatever the report is online, what do they call that, Carfax, <laughs> they come back and no one's offered more than $30,000 for it. That's yeah, it. Nobody's right. offering more than $30,000. At some point, I have to ask myself, yeah. do I want to sell the car or don't I? And if I want to sell it, 30000 is the number. Doesn't matter that I want fifty. dollars is the number. At some point, I got to make that decision. Yeah, the market is the market. I'm keeping the car right. or I'm taking the thirty. And that's where it comes back to with Lamar Jackson. At some point, he's got to say yes. At so I said it about Odell Beckham Jr. before he said yes to the Ravens. Of yeah. course, the Ravens made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Somebody, he's got to say yes. Any player is in this boat at some point in your career lifespan when you get that second contract, you got to say yes. And Jalen Hurts said yes to the Eagles. Now, should he have wanted more? Could he have gotten more? Who knows? Could he have played it out a year, done the franchise tag dance? Could he have? Sure, if he wanted to, but he said yes. He sold his car for the amount that the Eagles were offering. Lamar Jackson refuses to sell his car, and that's fine. But until you sell it, you're stuck with it. And Lamar Jackson's stuck right now with nothing because he's yet to say yes to anything the Ravens would do. One more thing on Mahomes. I yeah. just thought of this. Yeah. I know we got to move on. No, that's all right. He but hasn't what? told me to move on yet, so yeah. we'll keep talking. Screw Pete. I wonder if Jalen Hurts, the guy that Mahomes beat in the Super Bowl, yeah. is that the thing that gets Mahomes to say, ho, ho, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was fine with this whole $45 million per year. 
thing. I was fine with Aaron Rodgers passing me by. He's got four MVPs. He's an elder statesman in the league. I was fine for that. I've never even played Aaron Rodgers. So he's he's never had a chance, and I've never had a chance to show who's better. But we just played a Super Bowl against Jalen Hurts. And let me see. We won. And let's say, why did we win? Hmm. Oh, because of me. I outdueled Jalen Hurts in the biggest stage in sports, and he's making $51 million a year now, and I'm at 45. Uh, hey, agent, uh, we should probably set a meeting with, uh, with uh, Clark Hunt, Andy Reid, and Brett Veach sooner rather than later. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe that – doesn't it make sense, though? Like, oh, I, I can't compare myself to Aaron Rodgers. I'm just Patrick Mahomes. He's Aaron Rodgers. Now, oh, wait a minute. I'm Patrick Mahomes. This is Jalen Hurts. And I just beat Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. And he's making $6 million a year more than me. Maybe maybe that's the thing that flips that switch for Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I don't – I feel like he's unaffected by that. I, I do. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I don't think he would ever go up and drive a hard bargain. Would I be shocked maybe if he was like – talked to his agent and was like, hey, you know, um, I'm looking at my contract here and I uh, signed it in 2020 – and I've made $106 million over the, since then, right? Which is like, oh, the other quarterbacks are making that in one, two checks now. So that's where it is odd. I mean, it's odd. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the fact that he's going to make 40 this year, 37 next year, 41, 41 the year after that, and then finally it moves to $59 million in 2027, it's crazy. It's crazy, like you said. And it's crazy because of what we talked about last week. He's the Michael Jordan of the sport. I mean, he's the man right now. You know, but what I will say with that, as I started to say it, he's the Michael Jordan of the sport. Michael Jordan didn't make any damn money until the last five or six years of his basketball career either. He made like two or three million dollars a year, right? Because he went, I'm making 50 million a year from Nike, so I won't kill the team that way. And then they readjusted for his last little run there. But yeah, I I I I don't know, Mike. I don't think much affects the guy. Uh if something does get done, I don't think he'd be like a hard line, oh, I need to get this done. But he might have his own magical way of just kind of whispering into the team or the agency or to go, eh, we might need a little sweetener here. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Premier League is built on hope. The hope of discovering a new star. It doesn't take long, but Darwin Nunez the hope of rewriting history. And the hope of continuing a dynasty. Unstoppable week after week. This is the Premier League on NBC, USA and Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. 
That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. <laughs> oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. There's another factor to be considered, and I, I say this based only on my own experience, and I assume that it can be extrapolated to others. What's Mrs. Mahomes think of all this, right? Sure. And, and I understand that from time to time she can be controversial. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about yeah. that. I got no issue right. with that. My issue is the reality that the spouse can be the most – Influential person. watchdog. Yeah, sure. Either way. Yeah. Either way. Husband for wife, wife for husband. Either way. Partner to partner. The person who is closest to you in your life, the person to whom you are married, can be that, that just like, wait a minute. What? Now, what? Explain this to me again. I mean, I've been there and my wife has gotten me out of some jams and we've had to have some conversations at times when... You know, I was, you know, when I first got into this business in 2000, working for a now defunct operation called SportsTalk.com <laughs> for their clearly copyright infringing NFL website, NFLTalk.com. That was how I got started. You know what they paid me for about a year that I worked there? What? Not one red penny and every once in a while i'd get that question hey you know that thing you wrote was pretty good how much did you get for it nothing why are you why are you letting them do that to you you know i mean so there's a point where yeah sure why are you letting them do that right. to you becomes a fair question and sometimes there's a blind spot that we can have and we need that person that we trust that we love that we have committed our lives to that can say to us you may have a blind spot here so that that's a factor in this as well. I, I hear you. Hey, what, the wife's always, you know, as we talked about on Monday or, or last week, you know, you got to make the, hap, the happy life, happy wife. That's very true. I, I get the sense, though, you know, and I know we got to move on and hit some other subjects, that the Mahomes, the Mahomes family is very simple. I, that, that's the sense I get just from the outside looking in. And that they're, I, I get the sense that they're looking at it like, holy shit, we're making $40 million a year. This is great. And they're happy with that. And I know. And, and and the owner and the owner who's making ten times yeah, that or he's more loves this to is hear great. it. He's loves going, this is hear. awesome. Give me all the stuff you don't want. I'll keep all the stuff you don't <laughs> want. Thank you, you very much for that. I know. Thank you for making my life easier as I own and operate this team and pay my quarterly taxes today. Okay. <laughs> um Bryce Young has called off all remaining draft visits. The hay is in the barn. It's Look, over. It's, and that. There was a point, Chris, where I thought that David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, was just doing the NFL a solid by creating some uncertainty right. as to what they're going to do. Nope. Sorry, Roger. There's no magic. There's no surprise. When you walk out to the podium nine days from now and you start to move your mouth, there's not going to be anybody who's holding their breath because they know the name that is coming out with the first pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young Alabama, book it, literally, because now book it's it. ping pong. He was the favorite, then it's C.J. Stroud after the Panthers move up to number one, and then gradually, gradually, it's Bryce Young. Now he's the overwhelming favorite. As of yesterday, BetMGM had him at minus 2,000 
20 to 1 against. 1 to 20, right? That's how that goes, yes. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't bet. 1 to 20. <laughs> I mean, this guy is the overwhelming favorite to oh. be the first overall pick in the draft. You got to bet 20 to win one, I think is how that works. It's you got to lo- bet yes, 20. Yes. You got to put 20 on the line right. to win a buck. Right. That's how steep it is. Yeah, it's uh it's a lock. I'm with you. I mean the w- first off, just the, the when you when you cancel pre-draft visits and all of that, right? Hey, somebody's told them we're taking you. So that's why that's why they're going, "Well, cancel them." Because you wouldn't cancel them because I'm sure there's plenty of teams there that would go, wait, wait, you know, hey, we might trade up or we might get in the top two or three, so we want to visit. So he's been told, number one, taking him. That's, that's, all, that's the only reason you cancel it because everything else is still up in play. So that, that, that told you all you need to know right there. I'm not shocked by it either. I'm not. I'm a little surprised in the fact of, like, we started this conversation a month ago, Frank Reich and his history of quarterbacks with a guy like this, but, damn, this is still a special football player. You know I have my concerns. He's not my cup of tea. But I know there's some really special attributes for sure. And, you know, he has that charisma and that million-dollar smile. And he also has a a pizzazz and a showmanship about how he plays that I would think a guy like David Tepper would jump onto in a hurry. So, hey, it's cool. It's cool that we got a guy like this. He's different. It's not your prototypical, you know, first pick off, you know, uh, first pick of the draft type of look or body or whatever else. But, yeah, all signs point to Bryce Young, first pick of the draft, Alabama, Carolina Panthers, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Mike, here's the other thing, and I don't know if there's one other thing. What I'm finding interesting, too, here is number two. There's just a lot of rumors about pick number two going on in the NFL right now from people that, you know, again, I trust. I'm not just like, oh, hey, it's Johnny the Jerk who writes an article every now and then. People I talk to to go, hey, we were hearing this, and ooh, we think there's you know some conversations in this building in Houston, and they seem to be having a little bit of a, a combo about who to pick there too. Well, the odds currently from FanDuel have Will Anderson from Alabama, the pass rusher, as the favorite to go number two at plus one ninety. Yeah. Will Levis is at plus two seventy ahead of C.J. Stroud at plus three forty, and. Uh, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech is also at plus 340. Will Levis, and I've heard people say he may not even be taking it round one. Well, somebody's got it wrong here. Right. Because Will Levis is now favored to go instead of Stroud to the Texans. That doesn't mean that Stroud won't be taken before Levis. It's just somebody's gotten the information that the Texans, if they're going to go quarterback, are more likely to go Levis than Stroud. So, So there's a chance that the Colts will have their choice of C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Unless somebody trades up to number three with the Cardinals or up to number two with the Texans. We'll yeah. talk about that in a second. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's as we get closer and closer, it's settling in. Bryce Young is clearly number one, and maybe there isn't going to be this run on quarterback, quarterback, quarterback right out of the gates. No. Maybe it is no. going to go the other way. I'm, I'm all about listening to the betting markets. I mean, as we weren't learned last year, I mean, they were kind of like, bam, on the money. And so when Bryce Young... Not, not with Malik Willis. Not, Malik, not with Malik Willis. Willis. Then Malik the, Willis is the favorite to be the first quarterback right. taken. But and the when top did he go? five he picks, third. The top five picks of the draft, they had pretty, pretty close. That's all I was trying to say. But you're right. They were a little off on the quarterbacks yep. for sure. But the... 
the so I do pay attention with that with the Bryce Young thing too. The, that, that's such an aggressive swing that that means multiple people know the betting markets know the the casinos know. Uh, this is where I'll say the year's different is that I think there's still a lot of teams in the top ten, twelve, like not sure exactly what direction they want to go yet. Right? It's a year where there's not a ton of blue chip players, so. That, you know, we all have like, oh, wait, hey, this team wants to trade down. And, you know, there's a part of me that now I'm getting done with the draft and I want to go, you know, trade down. Okay, cool. But this is not the most talented draft. And like, this might be your only chance right here to get a really difference making player. So you're going to trade down and get some average or you want to take a chance and get some great here. So that's where that's interesting. Um, but my other thing, Mike, to, 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 to the Houston at number two. Yeah, the rumor that's percolating around the NFL is that, yeah, maybe C.J. Stroud, but that there's a faction in the Houston Texans building that loves Tyree Wilson the, from Texas Tech, which I understand. Again, he's Miles Garrett. He's Nick Bosa. He's the Nick Bosa for this D'Amico Ryan defense. I get that. There's no way it'll be Will Anderson. He's not that type of guy. But Tyree Wilson, C.J. Stroud, you know, that's a very interesting conversation. And like you said, it'll lend itself to, you know, some maybe some craziness at four, five, six, seven, and eight as far as the quarterback frenzy goes. And we have to factor in the personal experiences of D'Amico Ryans during his two years with the 49ers yeah. as defensive coordinator. Right. Year one, what do they do? They give up three first round picks and a third round pick to get Trey Lance. Right. Last year, what do they do with a flyer of all flyers? The last pick in the draft, they take Brock Purdy. And what does Purdy do? So what does that tell you about the quarterback position? If you're D'Amico Ryans, what lessons have you learned that you take forward in your career based upon what you learned during your two years as the defensive coordinator of the 49ers? That's so right. I, I think that that would cause – and remember when he said – All the pressure week, stuff, right? The number two, the number two pick, the savior <laughs> of the franchise – it just felt like, and, and we were saying it in the context of talking about Jeff Okuda, who was the third pick at corner for the right, Lions, and right. it didn't work out. The pressure on a guy who doesn't generate stats to justify his draft status and how much it can screw a guy up when there really isn't that obvious reason why. There isn't that thing you're doing every week, unlike a quarterback that proves why you were taken so high. It just felt like, hmm, is he trying to lay the foundation for it to be a non-quarterback? And yeah. here we are where I it hear feels you. like it very well. Well, could be a well, quarterback. I, 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 go ahead. Well, as I say, here's the other that's interesting about it, too, is that they got picked 12, right, Mike? So they could go, you know, if, if your board is like this, and like I'm saying, I, I think Tyree Wilson's viewed as the man, as the edge. I, I don't think that's like a shock. You know, I think that. I know a few people in the NFL that think that. And I have a hard time. It's one of those, Mike, where I'd go, I have a hard time thinking any defensive line coach is going to go, wait, this isn't by far the best pure edge pass rusher in the draft. You know, I've been around the league for a long time. And he's that kind of guy like we're talking about. So if you feel like he is the marquee pass rusher and there's a gap between him and whoever you have number two, right? And let's say you got C.J. Stroud as your, your guy you take now that Bryce Young's off the board. But... What if you got a quarterback like Hendon Hooker who's got like just a smidgen less of a grade as C.J. Stroud? You might go, you know what? We got to take Tyree at two 
and then let's maybe sit back in the weeds at 12 and wait for Hendon Hooker, and maybe we got to trade up a spot or two or whatever, or maybe we get our guy there. You know, they have some flexibility because of that that 12 pick, too, that can, you know, lend them to, to go defense with number two. That's one of the challenges of the draft for every team. You've yeah. got all the different positions thrown into the same pot, and the idea is how big is the gap between the guy at this position and the next guy? Right. And can we, you know, when you go dollar for dollar yeah. draft value, can we wait until later and get somebody who isn't much below right. the guy we could take now at a different position? So, yeah, if you're getting a guy that you think is transformational, generational, incredible talent, going to come in and be a Nick Bosa, and you can get a quarterback who may not be much worse than the guy that you would otherwise take, that's what complicates the process. Exactly right. That's what can be conducive to overthinking it. But at some point, it's also very simple. Just take the best guy. Take the guy that you think is going to come in and transform your team, whatever position he plays. Yeah, that, I mean, that's right. And, and that, to me, is, is, goes back to the question that you're talking about, is that do they look at it as the quarterback or the defensive end that does that more to what you're talking about? Like, the, does the, the defense end? And D'Amico Ryan's defensive eyes and brain, he go, wait, that changes our team? And like you said, I was with the 49ers, and we didn't have a top-tier quarterback, and we went to you know the Super Bowl and two NFC Championship games, or is it you know the vice versa there? But yeah, they got some some things they can play with here, and then I think when you add that into you know what they're doing at the top of the second round, you know as far as those picks there, they got you know some wiggle room as far as what they can do with pick two twelve and you know, what they want to do in the first round. It should be exciting to see. They're definitely a team I got my eye on with these rumors at number two and, of course, them needing a quarterback as well. To the extent that David Tepper has disappointed the commissioner, Cal McNair making the commissioner very happy because the draft begins at number two. They're going to take a quarterback, pass rusher, or maybe, just maybe, trade out of that spot. Here is GM Nick Casario, his pre-draft press conference from Monday, discussing the possibility of a trade down. We've received some calls, actually, on the number two pick, so I think our job and responsibility is to listen um, and not rule anything out. Um, and I think whatever the end result is um, come Thursday, you know, we'll be prepared to go um, either way. So, if you want to quote me, are we open for business? I'd say we're open to listening. So if you want to change the vocabulary this year a little bit. But uh, we have received a few calls. Um, and, again, I think our responsibility is to listen, um, to try to take the information in, and then just make the right decision. And that's the case every year. It's news every year, but it's never new. Calls are being made. Discussions are being had. And the question is, is there a deal to be done? And, look, if – if the Texans believed they could trade out of that spot with somebody who wants a quarterback yeah, and go down to four, like if they would even do business with a team in their division, and that's not as taboo as it once was, but where you go, then you factor in who am I likely to get. Could I still get right. Tyree Wilson at four? Could I still get the guy I want at two, whoever it may be, if I go to a lower spot? Am I willing to sacrifice not getting the guy I would take at two, settle for someone else, when I know I'm getting more lottery tickets this year, next year, whenever, to give up 
that spot to somebody who wants to come all the way up to number two. Yeah, so that's where it could go. You crazy. have to listen. You yeah, have right, to listen. Right. The calls are made. It's not news. It is news. We check the box. It's something for us to talk about. But if it's not happening, that would be news. If no one was calling the Texans, that would be significant because that's what these folks do. You need to know what's out there. You need to know. Maybe the Texans are giving it away. You got to have the conversation. Maybe there's somebody that's willing to give up the farm to go up to number two. You got to have the conversation to see. And maybe nothing happens. Maybe something does. But you got no chance of it ever happening if you don't have the conversation. So it happens every year, right. and it's it's obviously happening with the Texans. It's happening with the Cardinals. It's probably even ha- it's going to happen with the Colts. It's going to happen with everybody because that's one of your options. Use the pick or trade it. That's it. It's that simple. Yeah. Use it or trade it. And uh, yeah, you have to know what you'd be trading it for. No, definitely. With Houston, you know the the other factor, you know, like I said, is the pick thirty three. I mean, the fact that they got three picks in the first thirty three. You know, right there is it's it's they they got some big bargaining chips here, and they can make some pretty extravagant big time moves here if they play it right. But they also could be just sitting there going, "Wait, you know, like I said, we're not moving anywhere. This draft doesn't have that much talent. We're not risking anything, and we're gonna kind of just take what we look at as two of the top twelve guys in the draft and move on from there." I'll be interested to see what they do, but it's a big one certainly because yeah, as we've talked about. I mean, they're too big. A, they need a difference maker on the D line, right? And they need a quarterback. That, that's where it starts, and that's where the top twelve. It's all about pass rusher and and quarterback. So hopefully they can get that done. But they do have Case Keenum, so maybe they already <laughs> yeah. have a quarterback. Your guy. All right. Uh, one last item of business coming from yesterday's pre-draft press conference from Nick Casario. In his introductory comments, he addressed the elephant in the room, the reports, rumors, whatever that surfaced last week, that he could be on the way out in Houston after the draft. Here's what Casario had to say about that. You know, before we take any questions, quite frankly, I'm almost embarrassed that I have to say anything. Um, I'm honest, I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street, but uh, I'm not leaving. Um, There's never really been any substantive discussions of the sort. Uh, grateful and appreciative of the opportunity um, that my family and I have here in Houston. You know, unfortunately, I think this time of year, there's a lot of information um, and a lot of topics that are discussed. Um, Some are more accurate than others, and I think it uh, transcends multiple landscapes. Um, But honestly, I'm almost embarrassed that I have to say anything, but I feel like I have an obligation to (laughs) – to make that statement, uh, really try to stay ahead of it. I'm, and really, I mean, I don't think there's anything else to talk about or to say or any question about it. You guys know more than I do. Again, I mean, my first inclination, you know, people are reaching out to me last week and I'm like literally laughing. So I can't speak for anybody else other than myself. So, I mean, again, like maybe you can do some digging on that. That last part's the most important as far as I'm concerned. Because when he says, I can't speak for anybody other than myself, what he's saying is, I don't know what ownership is planning to do. Yeah. I know what I'm planning to do. Sure. I'm not leaving. They might want me to leave. Then that's a different analysis altogether. You might want to do some digging on that and please get back to me and let me know what ownership thinks. And I really do believe that the right move right now for ownership of the Houston Texans would be to issue a clear, unequivocal, unconditional statement 
that Nick Casario will continue to be the general manager after the draft. They may think that's beneath them to respond to rumors. I think there's a certain point where your PR function has to come to you and say, hey, boss, look, our guy's kind of twisting out here, right? He's he's sat there and said he's not looking to leave. We probably should let the world know we're not looking to make a change either. Uh, And I think they should do that if they truly aren't. If they if they are, I would understand why they don't come out and say it. So, so again, you know, and it's funny how, and 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 that's fine. We all have goldfish brains to a certain extent. But everybody yesterday, the first reaction was, "Oh, all those reports were wrong. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news." No, it's half the story. He's not walking out the door. That doesn't mean they aren't going to ask him to. That doesn't mean he's not going to show up one day and flash his key card and it's going to go red and say access denied. So that's the other side of this, Chris. And when he said he used, and, and who knows, you know, we just fill in gaps with words sometimes that don't mean anything. But he said there's never really been any substantive Never really been. That's the one line that I went, well, that means there was what? There's never really. Yeah, I know. Some, yeah. Yeah. There's There's never really been any substantive discussions of the sort. I I found that that to be a little bit of an odd quote as well. Agreed. I thought that was a little bit of a, a slippage, maybe. I don't know. It's a weird situation. You know, it is. I mean, I, honestly, I was a little like, wait, what? They're going to let go of Casario after the draft, right? And then, you know, there's a part of me that goes, wait, well, D'Amico Ryan, he came from a totally different school of thought, whatever. But, I mean, Nick Casario, the one thing I can say about him and, and being around him a little bit, I mean, the work ethic, the detail, you know, the the ability to – you know, find whatever the coach is talking about. Man, I think he's really skilled in that department. And here's my biggest thing, you know, and again, if, if, if it's not working or whatever, okay, so be it. But what? Like, we're going to let, we're going to let him, we're, we're going to let him go, but we're going to let him run the biggest draft we've had for our franchise here. That's where it doesn't line up to me. Like we were just talking about, they got the two, 12, 33. It's as big a draft in Houston as they've had. And I don't know when. I mean, this is a we can t- turn around the organization type of draft right here with all the picks we got and the new coach. So that's where it doesn't line up to me to go, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to let him run the draft and have the biggest draft we've had in the last 30 years, and uh, but we're going to let him go a few days after. Well, damn, okay. That doesn't make sense to me. So uh, I'll be interested to see what happens here, but I think he kind of calmed down the, the rumors there yesterday. I'm not sure he did. Let me let me ask you this question. Yeah, okay. Would you say that the last biggest draft for the Texans was 2006 when they held the first overall pick that was going to be Reggie Bush and then became Mario Williams? Would you say that was the last time that the Texans had a significant impactful draft? I guess so. I can't, you know, without unpacking it or thinking of any other ones, there's certainly that that I, yeah. I mean, maybe the one with Deshaun Watson where we knew they needed a quarterback and they had to make a decision there, right? That would be the only other one that can maybe. They traded up. Yeah. Trade it up. Right. 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 Trade it up to 12 in 2017. Okay. 2006. Yeah. I know where you're going with this. Bob McNair. Yeah. Cal's dad. Right. Wanted to get rid of Dom Capers and Charlie Casterly, the first coach and GM in franchise history. After right. the season ended, Capers was fired. The thinking was, the reporting was, and I had 20 minutes on the phone getting chewed out by Charlie Casterly over this at the time, that... Casserly was staying until after the draft, and then he was going to leave. And this was all McNair not wanting to look like he made a mistake 
hiring both guys by firing them at the same time. So Casserly had been neutered in the organization. He was there, but he had no juice. Now, apples to apples this time around, Casario sitting front and center yeah, right. going through the motions of acting like he's the GM when right. somebody else is calling the shots. But who who maybe who I knows know. what the truth really is? Okay. Yeah. Maybe Cal's taking a page out of his dad's playbook. Here's the other thing too, Chris. Jack Easterby, who got fired during the 2022 season, he was the guy that brought Casario in. Remember, they made a run at Casario. It blew up. The Patriots alleged tampering. They backed off. And then when it was time to hire a GM, search firm, set the table, Casario wasn't on the list. Jack Easterby convinced Cal McNair. They prayed on it, went off the list, and went and got Casario. Well, Easterby's gone now. So... How does Casario not get connected to the guy that Cal McNair has already unceremoniously fired? So that's the other element to this. So until Cal McNair says, until there's a statement issued by the team attributed to Cal McNair or Cal McNair says it with his own mouth that that it is ridiculous to suggest that I would fire Nick Casario, move on from Nick Casario after this draft until they say it. It's going to be one of those things that we just got to keep our eye on it. Once the dust settles after the draft, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And one of the reasons the rumors came up, one of the tributaries from the discussion, was that Casario is going to go back to New England. Here's one thing I can tell you after doing some some digging of my own. If he leaves the Texans, he ain't going to go back to New England. That ain't happening. That ship has sailed. Wow. Take that. Boom. To the bank. Damn. He ain't going back. Wow. That's that's big news right there. Uh, take that to the bank, right? What's that from? Uh, I can't remember what movie that's from, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't uh, know. I was just saying because we were talking about money earlier yeah. with Jalen. Hunt. Yeah, I'm surprised, to, uh, I'm surprised to hear that. You know, I really am. But uh, yeah, this is a, it is interesting. And I agree with you that a, a statement would be, you know, it would go a long way to solidify things there. And, and, and two, where, what I just wouldn't understand is, and, and maybe I'm wrong in this, and maybe I mean, is there anybody in that front office right now that is really connected to the D'Amico Ryan's or the 49ers? That's where it wouldn't make sense. It's just like, damn, you're going to do this to the guy, a first year head coach, and you know, you got a guy that you're kind of walking out the door here, and you're going to let him be a part of the draft process, and we're going to throw in the now you have to make the pick thing on you. You know, with guys that were hired by Nick Casario, I guess that's where it just seems odd to me if that were all to happen. And Mike Silver of the San Francisco Chronicle added the twist last week that there's been talk that Adam Peters, the assistant GM of the 49ers. Yeah, I've heard that. Would be the person targeted by the Texans. So you get Ryans and Peters together in Houston. So, look, all I know is this. Rumors come up from time to time that a given GM is going to be let go after the draft, and far more often than not, they end up being accurate. I remember the most recent one was Mike McCagnan with the Jets, Yeah, and I was poking around before the draft. I'm hearing that McCagnan's out after that. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. The draft ends. McCagnan's out. They don't want to acknowledge it before the draft because it just disrupts everything that they're trying to do, but then boom, out the door. John Dorsey. John Dorsey got fired after trading up to to draft Patrick Mahomes. And I know Andy Reid runs the show there, but still, the Chiefs fired John Dorsey days after he technically presided over a draft that brought Patrick Mahomes to town. So yeah, yeah. it's it's not the first time no. it's happened if it does happen. No, you're right. I mean, the Kansas City one, uh, again, it, it's Andy Reid, right? This is different because it's a rookie head coach. And then the Jets one, 
Yeah, that was odd. I mean, I remember thinking at the time, this is weird. What was like, why didn't you fire the guy back whenever? I mean, the, the new GM would have been capable to come in and go, wait, I've, I've seen these players before. We had grades from them in my old place. Like, well, we can catch up here. That's where it just it just does not line up. But you're right. We have seen it. The NFL's crazy. Who knows what's going on? And Texans, man, there's a lot of things to watch uh, with them over the next few weeks here. And dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things, and few have been more dysfunctional in recent years than the Houston Texans. All right, we have burned off one hour of the program without a break, which means we are going to shift it into high gear, shift it into overdrive, and get through the rest of the show in the hour to come. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.